0: Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to get to on a Friday is of course a Fan Friday here on the podcast. Can be joined by Tanner Plummer, a big BYU fan, to talk about BYU football. Some great thoughts from him about what he wants to see from BYU this year and going on into the future. We'll get to that. We also need to talk a little bit about the current news with the SEC deciding to go conference games only. Bad news for BYU football. There's no doubt about that. We'll talk about that a little bit on today's show as well. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at rockauto.com, as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little bit. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 31st, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast, Focus on the BYU Cougars, with us here. If you're new to the show, welcome on in. Uh, We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you guys need to know about each day. Also, passing along insider information that you will not find anywhere else. If you follow us on social media yesterday, you can follow the show. Search out Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Twitter, you saw us break the news yesterday that Jalen Vickers, a walk-on defensive back who figured actually to earn some playing time this year, has decided to enter the NCAA transfer portal. I broke that on the Locked On Cougars Twitter feed on Instagram, actually originally, and then also did it on my own personal Twitter feed at Jacob C Hatch. But I think this is actually a surprisingly big loss for BYU, considering Jalen Vickers was officially a walk-on to the BYU football program, a product of East High School up there in Salt. Lake City. Vickers was kind of the poster child, I thought, for a guy that would do well as a Cougar, a guy who I thought, you know what, he's going to come into the program. He's going to make an impact. He decided to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, served in New York City, then came home early due to the COVID-19 situation. Completely understandable, obviously, and was planning on getting back into the mix of things with BYU this fall. And I figured he would actually challenge for a spot on the two deep in fall camp. But as it is, he's entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal. He's seeking a new program. And some breaking news for you guys here on the podcast, if you're listening to this, I may have put it on Twitter by the time I you hear this, but I'm going to let you guys who listen to the show early in the morning know a little bit of a tidbit that not anybody else knows about Jalen Vickers' transfer, and that is that he is headed to Utah State. He is going to be an Aggie. I had a chance to speak with him and uh, get hit some of his thoughts, and he said he's going to transfer to Utah State. He will also be a walk-on up there with the Aggies, but has hopes of earning a scholarship at some point. So a similar situation to BYU for Jalen Vickers, but apparently he sees his future being brighter up there in Logan. And hey, you wish the young man nothing but the best. He's been a good representative of BYU while he was a member of the Cougars football program, recently got engaged. He's actually getting married, I believe, next month in August. Obviously, today's the last day of July, so I guess we could say this month technically, but... uh, I think it's some good news for a guy like that. He's taking control of his future, trying to find the right spot for him to play, and he can play. There's no doubt about it. Jalen Vickers is not your typical walk-on who's like, I'm going to give it the old college try and see what I can do. He is a guy that absolutely can play at the Division I level. He'd already proven that before his mission, and I figured, like I said, that he would challenge for playing time this year despite coming off a mission. So best of luck to him as he moves on, moves up to Logan to join the Aggies. I'm looking forward to maybe seeing him down the road suit up against the cougars in aggie blue all right get that tidbit out of the way here but let's talk about the big news of the day and that is that the sec the southeastern conference announced yesterday officially that they are going with a conference game only model and that's man there's no way to sugarcoat this it is bad news for byu football you just look at it, and that canceled their last Power Five team they had scheduled in Missouri, a game set for October 10th originally this fall. That game got canceled. Obviously, the rumored game against Alabama is now not going to happen. So, in essence, BYU now is looking at a six game schedule as it stands. They have their first game is a home date on October 2nd against Utah State, and that's a long ways off. But currently, if BYU wants to put together any Power 5 teams on this year's schedule, they're either going to have to travel to an ACC program or ACC programs, as we talked about a little bit yesterday, the rule being with the non-conference game that the ACC will play is that it has to be played in the home state of that that ACC program. So in the case of a Notre Dame, play in Indiana. In the case of, let's say, Miami, you have to play in Florida. You've got to go to those programs. The one conference that can save everything from BYU now, or essentially seal their fate, is the Big 12. Do I expect the Big 12 to come in on the white horse and be the knight in shining armor that saves BYU, the dam- damsel in distress? Nope, I don't think so. <laughs> I know that probably is a little bit of a downer for you guys to hear, but... I I think that the big 12 is going to see the writing on the wall and say, you know what? Everybody else has gone to a 10 game conference uh, model, 10 10 game conference game only model with one exception being the ACC adding one uh, non-conference game. I could see the big 12 following suit and announcing, Hey, you know what? We're going to play our round Robin format that we normally do with only 10 teams in that conference. But that makes for only nine games. Cause they go with a nine plus one model the 9 plus one model might be the saving grace for BYU with the Big 12, but I, I, like I said, I am not holding my breath that the Big 12 is going to swoop in and save BYU. It'd be great to see, and I'd be happy to eat crow and be completely wrong about that. I just don't see it happening. I, I think BYU has been burned too many times by the Big 12 to really think, you know what, this is going to work out for us this time. I just don't see that happening, and we'll see what happens, but some crappy Crappy news if you're a BYU football fan with the news from the SEC yesterday. Obviously, we'll find out uh, what's going to happen with the Big 12 in pretty short order, I would expect. they're The final Power 5 conference, obviously, to make an announcement of what they're going to do this fall. They've had a couple of programs, speaking of Oklahoma and Kansas, who've actually moved games up a week to week zero on August 29th to accommodate for uh, more flexibility with their coming schedules. But I think there's going to be a revision coming or an announcement coming from the Big 12 pretty soon here that will kind of lay out what's going to happen. It would be great to see BYU get an opportunity to be in the Big 12, even if maybe it was just a one-year trial, similar to what Notre Dame's doing with the ACC this fall like I said, I just don't expect it to happen. And it's unfortunate because at that point, if the big 12 moves on BYU is gonna have to scramble to call the AAC other mountain West programs, uh, maybe call a couple more Mac programs. I don't know what you should, you do. You move on from there and start calling G five programs, but Once the P five says you were going to a conference game only model, well guess what? Why would the G five be like, Yeah, we'll play you BYU? And that's and I, I hope I'm not like really ruining your day saying this, but it really just look at it and it's just it's one of those things that it's a bad situation for the Cougars right now. There's no doubt about it. And so essentially there is, uh, so here are the different formats and let me break this down real quick. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this as we get more information on it. But the way I see it right now is BYU is now awaiting word from the Big 12 about what their plans are. If it comes out to be bad news for BYU in that regard, then they drop to the next plan, which would be to talk to multiple of the G5 uh, programs around the country, AAC, the Mountain West, Conference USA, MAC, Sunbelt. You're making calls at that point saying, who can play where and are you willing to play us? And then after that, I feel like the last resort for BYU to play football this fall, if they do play, is to call up their fellow independents and say, hey. You guys want to do those home and home deals we've discussed? Let's do it that way. So I think that's kind of the the order of how BYU is going to go about things here, and I think it's the it's the natural order of what you would expect. But like I said, there's no way to uh, sugarcoat this. It is a Bummer deal for BYU, and we'll see what happens. We'll have it all covered for you like we usually do here on the podcast. We have it covered for you every day. We talk BYU sports every day. Anything that breaks, we will have it for you, and we'll be breaking it down for you, passing it along to you, and letting you guys know what's going on. All right, let's talk some more BYU football. We'll do that here in just a second. Fan Friday here on the podcast. Tanner Plummer, a big BYU fan. Going to talk with him about BYU football. He's got some very interesting thoughts, and I dare say controversial thoughts, thoughts about the BYU football program that we'll get to here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, if you heard me talk about this company once, you've heard me talk about them a thousand times, but I'm going to continue to talk about them, and that is our good friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is your online home for all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need, and I mean that wholeheartedly. They want to make sure that your ability to keep your car in tip-top shape or ship shape is of the, of the, it's their top priority to make sure that happens for you. They have all of the parts your car or truck or SUV will ever need, as I said, and they have all of the different options for you. They will, if you go online, you search out your car, say for example, my wife drives a 2015 Honda Pilot. I go look it up, 2015 Honda Pilot. I need this part. It pulls up all the different manufacturers that make that part and it has all of the prices and all the specifications. You can search by price. You can search by the specifications. You can search by the model number. Whatever your you need i'd venture to say rockauto.com has got you covered guys it's a fantastic company they've been around for 20 years online reliably low pricing at all times and they will make sure you're taken care of and i guess the best part about it all it's all shipped directly to your door rockauto.com is the best place to get the parts for your car check them out guys that's our good friends at rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all of the parts your car truck or SUV could ever need check them out that's our good friends at rockauto.com It is a Fan Friday here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, and let's bring in now our good friend Tanner Plummer, a longtime listener of the podcast, but wanted to get his thoughts on BYU football. Tanner, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. First things first, BYU fan, as I would assume, you're being on a BYU podcast. Let's get a little bit of your background as a Cougar fan.
1: Yeah, so I started watching uh, BYU football around 2006, uh, my first home game I ever went to was against New Mexico when they won the Mountain West title. Okay. And I remember walking out of the stadium, the stadium and hearing John Beck saying that we're going to beat those guys up north. <laughs> well, hey. And then one week later, uh, the, the famous Beck to Harleen play. Mm-hmm. I remember we were actually up at Salt Lake watching it with a friend. And I remember – I was watching it with my dad and his friend there, and right at the end, my dad, when, when John Beck was throwing the ball, my dad's my dad was like, "Who's he throwing the ball to?" And then, <laughs> right at the end, Harling caught it, and we all went crazy. So well, yeah, it was. I don't think your da- yeah, I don't think your dad was alone in that though, because you
0: if you watch the play, he just throws the ball, and you're like. Where in the world is he throwing that ball to? So I, I think your dad was not alone in uh, like wondering what happened there. But, yeah, that's one of the greatest plays in BYU football history, no doubt. That's kind of a great way to get kind of roped into it as a Cougar fan. Uh, were, so you, you, I assume you said your dad watched this game. Is he a Cougar fan as well?
1: Yeah, my whole family. They're okay. all BYU fans. All BYU fans.
0: I like it. All right. So a lot going on with BYU sports right now, to be honest obviously we're all kind of wondering what's going to happen with the football season upcoming here let's start there though what is your confidence level that BYU does play football games
1: this fall um on a scale from one to ten ten being yes i believe they're playing this fall um right now it's probably a zero i don't think they're going to play this fall
0: so you honestly think that it's going to be either pushed to the spring or canceled out right then i think it's going to be canceled out yeah okay well, I hey, it seems like every other day there's either good news or bad news. And today, well, it's just one of those things you look at it and say, with the SEC deciding, you know what, we're going conference games only. That Knicks is an already scheduled game for BYU against Missouri. That cancels out their last Power 5 team that they had scheduled. And then also the rumor of the Alabama game. I, I had talked to multiple people who said, hey, if the SEC doesn't go conference only, that game is a go. And obviously, they decided to make the decision to go conference games only, and that cancels that game. So as it stands right now, there's only six games on BYU's schedule, and it sure doesn't look all that appealing as it stands. I don't know what will happen. We haven't heard from the Big 12 quite yet, but I don't think you're alone in your assessment of thinking, you know what? Football just may not happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if I may add something else, Um, personally, I I don't feel like it's worth it, you know, given given how unpredictable this virus is and how easily it can be spread. So, yeah, I just right now, like... Unless like sport, they go into a bubble, all of college football, which is impossible to, yeah. have to do. <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to happen. But if they, if it was possible, then yeah, I would say, of course, yeah, they have a shot to have a season. But since that's not happening, I don't really think it's going to happen at all.
0: Well, yeah, I, I would agree with you. There's so many unknowns with this virus, and there's no doubt about it. And obviously, the close quarters that football requires on the field, when you have guys bumping up against each other, sweating all the time. Well, it just seems like it'd be a breeding ground for the virus. So the very much big question marks all the way around about it. Uh, but in terms of the BYU football program, what is your confidence level in a guy like Kalani Satake as he gets ready for his fifth season?
1: Um, that's That's a tough one. I... I really don't know to tell you the truth. I, I mean, there's times where I feel like he's the right guy for the job. There's other, most of the time I should say most of the time, I don't believe he is the right guy. And I don't know. It was funny. Like I remember back in, in 2014, if you remember when uh, Taysom got hurt and BYU went on that four game losing streak, I was in the camp, uh, the group, group of people, of in in the BYU fan base saying that Bronco should be fired and and um so it was same with Nick How, you know, that camp. And then yeah. when, when Bronco left, uh then Kalani came in and I was actually on my mission when he got when Kalani got hired. Okay. Anyway, so when I got home and and I got home in twenty seventeen and that was the the fun four nine season. And I thought to myself, like I thought Kalani would, you know, Turn the ship around like I thought he would bring BYU to uh, bigger, uh, newer heights and all that stuff. But that didn't happen. So, yeah, right now, not really sure about Kalani.
0: Well, I, I don't think you're alone in that. Obviously, yeah, that four and nine season, that was rough, especially coming off a nine and four year in his first year as the head coach. It seemed like, OK. Smooth sailing ahead. He's really going to get things rolling here. But, yeah, they, they fall to 4-9. and nine. Then they have two back-to-back seven and six years the past two seasons with a myriad of losses in there. You look at last year alone. Just look at that South Florida game. Look at the Toledo game. Look at Hawaii and San Diego State. Just some mind-boggling losses that had BYU win won two or three of those, you're looking at a 10-win season. And how different would that feeling be had BYU put together a 10-win season last year? I really do think that would have changed the whole perception
1: yeah and yeah that that that's a good point you just made. But I guess the only right now, the only thing that BYU fans have right now is the what if game. Yeah. You know like, oh, what if Tyson Williams didn't get hurt or what if uh, uh, Grimes ran the ball on that on the final uh, drive in the Hawaii Bowl? or what if this, what if that, you know, that's when I talk with other BYU fans on social media and even out in the public, um, it's just what if.
0: Well, yeah, and that I think the what if game exists to any level in any sport to a large degree but you're 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 not kidding it, with college football especially you kind of look at it and how different uh, different teams look based on one or two games going their way or going against them it really changes things and you're right right now there's a lot of what ifs for BYU football and if we don't have football this fall those what ifs could carry on for a whole another year until they suited up again and that would that would make just my my assessment having kind of gauged how BYU fans kind of interact on social media if you force them to have a whole nother year of having to worry about well they went seven and six in 2019 we had to wait until 2021 to see him again i can only imagine what the social media would look like for byu
1: oh yeah definitely and um and going back to what i said about kalani um while i'm not really confident in him right now I, I do admit that they're they're somewhat close to achieving a 10-win season um i think that the core which you've talked a lot about on your podcast the core they're having coming back they're that's that's coming back um for BYU this year or if there is a season maybe yeah. next year um there be there will be more experienced and more mature so i think a 10 win season's on the horizon
0: yeah so you say you, you could see a 10 win season coming up what do you think it will take do you think it'll be a combination of uh, continuing to upgrade the talent the scheduling what do you have see needing to take place for BYU to get over that hump and get to a double digit win season
1: um yes yeah number one like you said up, upgrading the talent And then number two, and more importantly, um, just lighting up the schedule. I feel like BYU plays way too many P5s. I I remember back in in 2011, the first year of Independence, uh, they started off with, I think it was three P5s. Correct. Ole Ole Miss was in the mix there, yeah. Ole Miss, Texas, and Utah. Mm -hmm. And uh, they won 10 games that year. And then I think as time went on, they started scheduling more games. And I think the idea at the beginning of Independence was to gradually work themselves up to more and more P5s. And, and that's what they've done. But the problem is, and I think uh, Homo and the rest of the athletic department is missing, is that um, the more P5s they schedule, the less wins they have. Yeah. And I feel like they needed to, I guess, go at a slower, slower pace on scheduling so many P5s. So I guess like at the beginning 2011, go with three P5s for the next like four years following 2011. And then maybe they would eventually uh, go up to four, then five. And what the point is, is that BYU needs to BYU needs to descend back to less P fives and then slowly work their way up to more P fives. There you
0: go, Tanner Plummer. Some interesting thoughts. He thinks BYU is over-scheduling to a degree with the Power Five programs in particular. We'll delve into that more and get his thoughts on what he'd like to see BYU do scheduling wise and why it actually might help them be a better program in terms of the national consciousness. We'll get to all of that here in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Guys, All Guard Pest Control is the best pest control company out there, and I mean that sincerely. They take care of my home. I hope you will trust them to take care of yours. What I love about this company, well, there's multiple things I love about the company, but the main thing I love about them is they will fit their service plan for your needs. Two of their unique service plans include a a, a quarterly program where they'll come out once every three months. Make sure your home is protected all year round. That way you never have any of those creepy crawly things trying to get inside your home. You know that your family has that peace of mind knowing they're safe and sound inside your home while all the other things that would bug you are on the outside. That's that's a year-round deal. They come out once every three months. Make sure your home is treated and it's being protected against whatever that season's main pests are. You Obviously, different parts of the year, you have different issues. They also offer one-time services. If you have a one-time need, you notice something you need taken care of, they will come out, speaking of All Guard Pest Control, take care of you guys, abate the problem, and leave you alone. They're not a company that's going to come out and say, well, yeah, we're going to need to come back out, make sure everything's good to go, but you'll have to pay for the follow-up visits. Here's a contract, sign this. That's not how they go about things with All Guard Pest Control. They're straightforward, they're honest, and they make sure that you are taken care of as a customer. You can go online, look up their online service records. Their reviews online are impeccable. They do the job the right way. And they are the best. Like I said, they are the best company. They take care of my home. So check them out. That's our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Their phone number, if you'd like to contact them, is 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or go online to check them out at with an dot allguardpestcontrols.com. That's where you can learn more about this company. But like I said... You trust these guys from All Guard Pest Control. Seth Baird, a big-time BYU fan, by the way. Let him know that Locked On Cougar sent you when you call them up, and he will make sure that you are taken care of. I love All Guard Pest Control. They take care of my home. I am 110% satisfied with what they've done with my home. I hope you guys will trust them to take care of whatever your pest control needs might be. Spiders, ants, uh, mice, Bees, wasps, no matter what it is, they can handle it for you over at All Guard Pest Control. Once again, their phone number 801-851-1812 or their website, check them out at allguardpestcontrols.com. controls.com. That's our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars Podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. All right, let's talk a little bit more with Tanner Plummer here. Some interesting thoughts, obviously, in that first bit where he thinks that BYU is overscheduling in terms of their Power Five games on the football schedules. Why does he think that BYU probably should downplay that or downgrade their Power Five scheduling, and how might it help the Cougars going forward? Let's break more into that part two with Tanner Plummer right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. They're nearly a decade into independence at this point. You mentioned the fact you like the you like the three to begin with. You would like to see him slowly ramp up those power five opponents over time. Now that they're almost 10 years in as an independent, what do you think the sweet spot is currently for BYU? Ideally for you as a, in terms of scheduling, how many power fives would you like to see?
1: Um, Yeah. As mentioned earlier. Yeah. Three. Okay. I think that'd be a good benchmark. Maybe even two because every P five gauntlet, they've gone through in, in, in the month of September specifically, they just have so many injuries <laughs> and that affects them the rest of the season. So two or three is my, I guess is my number for them.
0: Well, I, I don't think you'd be alone in, in thinking that that behind be the sweet spot there for BYU, because I, I've talked with people about what Lavelle Edwards did. And obviously Lavelle coached his entire career in the whack. He, that's he made, it was in the whack the entire time as a head coach. And somebody pointed out to me, if you look at Lavelle Edwards and his non-conference scheduling throughout his career as a head coach, by and large usually had one or two power five teams or what were considered power five teams at that in that era uh, of his heyday on the schedule. And when they happened to schedule maybe three that's when they struggled. That's when they seemingly had issues under Lavelle Edwards. It's when the season wasn't necessarily as highly thought of. So an interesting point there is BYU, yeah, they made mincemeat of a lot of teams in the whack. You can think back to some of those awful rice UTEP, uh, just some of the teams that were absolute dog meat, the BYU beat the crap out of, but also when they seem to schedule up and get multiple power five teams on that schedule, that also seemed to be a season where they struggled the most. So there is some very large uh, amount of evidence to back up what you're saying here, I think I think you're not you're not off base on this. I think that BYU fans, yeah, if they do want to see more often a ten win season, yeah, you probably need to lighten up those power five teams and allow BYU, yeah, to beat up on a little more of the quote unquote cannon fodder or the bottom feeders of college football. Now, yeah, yeah go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was just gonna. I'll, I'll ask. That. I'll make. I'll make another point here. Saying I'll, I'll let you fire oh,
1: yeah. it off and adding on what what you just said. um, I mean, look, look at Boise state, you know, Boise state, they have a uh, double digit wins almost every year, but, and I could be wrong about this, but it feels like the whole nation never questions. Well, most of the nation doesn't really question who they played because I guess they already had the brand, you know, the Boise state, you know, Correct. they've had so much yeah. success in the past. And so that's why almost every year they're in consideration for a new, a new year six bowl. And I admit, going back to the Mountain West, it's it's kind of tempting, uh, but I know that ship has sailed, unfortunately. But I feel like if BYU did go to the Mountain West, yes, the TV and all the other stuff that comes with independence, you know, that would be gone. But at least they, they'd be winning more, and they would be relevant. So,
0: well, and you're not wrong in that. I, I've, I've actually talked with people about BYU back. During the Lavelle era, when they were winning 10 games regularly, you can think back, the schedules they played are kind of similar to what Boise State does. Boise State usually has one big dog on the regular season schedule. This year, it was supposed to be Florida State. And with the ACC announcing that they're not going to allow non-conference games, their 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 teams inside the conference to travel for non-conference games, that canceled the Florida State game for Boise State up there in Boise. But you're right, they have... They have really built a reputation of beating the big boys when they play them, whether it's a new year in a new year's six bowl or the seemingly one annual, maybe two annual at the very most games that they have against the big boys, but they win them. And then the rest of the year they go and beat the crap out of everybody else in the mountain West conference. And you're right. By the end of the year they've won 10 or 11 games and all of a sudden they're thought of as one of the top 15, top 10 teams in the country.
1: Yeah. And, and last, last thing I'll say Mm -hmm. about, um, this, this point, I think the reason why, uh, Holmo and the rest of the athletic department, they're scheduling so tough is because probably for you, you know, for years, um, when BYU was having those double digit, uh, win seasons, uh, a lot of people in, in the nation, they were like, who they play, uh, <laughs> Bo Diddley tech. You know, there's that famous <laughs> line by, uh, Brian, Brian like, Gumble and also, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think after so many years of hearing that, I think the administration, they got this mindset like, okay, we're, we're going to beef up our schedule. We're, we're going to prove every, tell everyone that we're actually going to, we're actually playing good teams and, and they've, they've done that, but they're not winning 10 games. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: Well, and that's, and you're, you're, you're not wrong about that. I think In this day and age of college football, if you want to be thought of as as a quote-unquote, let's say a top 20 caliber team, you've got to win 10 plus games. You can't, very rarely does a team outside the power five, and even inside the power five to a large degree, you win nine games, okay, maybe if it were you lost to the top two or three teams in the country that happened to be in your conference, you may be considered a top 25 team, but you usually have to win ten games to be a top twenty-five team at the end of the year. There's no doubt about it. So, I think you are onto a good good point here, Tanner, saying that BYU, if they do want to be the quote unquote uh, BYU of old, where they were a top twenty-five caliber team year in and year out, where they were winning ten plus games, they were thought of as one of the best teams in the country. Well, guess what? They may need to look at their scheduling philosophy to help facilitate that. While also, I think we made a good point earlier as well. You got to continue to upgrade the talent. There's no doubt about that as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, so I guess last thing for me for you here, Tanner, you've heard this on the podcast and you've you've been a listener for a long time here. I want to open up the floor to you. Anything else you want to weigh in on in terms of BYU, whether it's football, basketball or anything else, what do you want to weigh in on?
1: Um. This this will probably be, this will probably be a first on your podcast. Okay. Um. Uh, I want to talk a little, a little bit about um kind of the BYU sports media or the BYU media. Okay. Um, uh, especially when it regarding uh, football. So I noticed. Um. So before 2017, before the four nine season, I noticed that um, most BYU uh, media outlets, uh, particularly uh, BYU TV. Um, they're really optimistic. They're always, they kind of push the negativity, the, the, all the negative stuff that happened in the previous season uh, kind of to the side. And they kind of focus on, like, oh, wow, BYU, they, they won eight games, you know, they, they have the potential, you know, to win 10 games next year. And then uh, 2017 happened. And then ever since then, I've noticed that the kind of the sugarcoating from, the BYU media outlets has gone down a lot, which this might sound kind of bad as a BYU fan, but I actually kind of like it. And this is actually why I like your podcast because you don't sugarcoat anything. Well, thank you. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that's just kind of my two cents there.
0: Well, I I, I I actually think BYU fans appreciate you making that point, because I think us in the media, and I I say us in the media, because I'm a member of the media, there's no doubt about yeah, it, I yeah. work for a radio station, so there, I'm part of it, but we can say as much as we want about what we think we're doing covering teams, but I, I like when guys like you understand kind of what's going on, and you make your, your thoughts known about that, so I appreciate you doing that, and Hopefully we'll continue to cover it as best we can and hoping that uh, maybe we have a football season, even, yeah. even so we'll see what happens with the sports scene. There's just so many unknowns like we already talked about earlier on in this, but we'll ultimately just have to sit back and wait. That's the ultimate uh, learning learning model that I've, I've taken away from this is a lot of this is just kind of sit and wait and find out what's going to happen next. And who knows? There could be another twist or turn up up around the bend in 24 hours. We never know. Yeah. Well, Tanner, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. It was a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you for your support of the podcast and hope to do this again soon. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. There you have it. Tanner Plummer. A big thank you to him for joining us here on the podcast and I appreciate his compliment. It's glad it, I'm glad to hear that. I don't sugarcoat things. I worry at times that I can come off as a little bit of an apologist for BYU, but Hey, if Tanner says I'm not being an apologist, I'm actually laying it out there the way that he likes to hear it. It makes me feel I'm actually doing my job the right way. And, Hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. I say that all the time, but I mean it. And it's just a ton of fun. I love talking BYU sports. It's something I've got a passion for. I grew up a BYU fan and now work in the media, so it's changed my relationship with the Cougars to a large degree. But I still have a passion for BYU athletics, and it's fun to cover them every day and talk with you guys about the podcast. So big thank you once again to Tanner Plummer for joining us here on the podcast on a Fan Friday. If you would like to be a guest on Fan Friday and be my guest host, feel free to reach out. Like I said, search us out on social media. Look up Locked On Cougars on Facebook, on Instagram, or Twitter. You also can look us up, look me up on Twitter as well, at Jacob C. Hatch. Or feel free to email the show anytime, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. We will have our weekend editions with the Player Countdown Series rolling on, coming up tomorrow. Obviously, we didn't get to the player countdown today, so we'll double up on tomorrow's show and, of course, have full shows returning on Monday. Have a great weekend uh, here in the western United States. It's going to be really, really really hot. So stay hydrated, stay safe. Uh, Let's do our part. Let's make sure that we have an ability to see sports back in our lives, particularly college football, hopefully this fall. And who never, who knows? We'll see what happens. But a big thank you once again to Tanner Plummer for joining us here on the podcast and a big thank you to you guys for your continued support of the show as well. Have a great rest of your weekend. Whenever you hear this, this has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 31st, 2020.